Cheers. Cheers. And blessings. Blessed, cheers and blessings, Ashley. <laughs> Thanks for having me in your back garden in Silver Lake. Mm. Silver Lake City, did they say, or is it just Silver Lake? It's just Silver Lake. Okay. It's Hipsterville. <laughs> Hipsterville. That's what I call it. <laughs> Beautiful location. Your, your friend and my friend Kerry said we should talk, so that's how we're connecting and talking right now, and curiosity prevails. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And do you know the beautiful serendipitous thing of all of this is Kerry actually came over the other day, and I was just speaking to a friend. And, and he he's said, still do here you know hiding what? in the bushes. <laughs> he's still there. He's about to pop out and tell me off about talking about God again. <laughs> but I, I just got off the phone to a friend. He was like, you know what? You should really do a podcast. And I was like, I would love to do a podcast. Oh, really? And Kerry walked in and he saw one of my signs that I put up all around the house just to remind me to be present and so on. And it said, God is here. Listen. And he goes, what? As soon as he walked in, what the fuck is that? <laughs> He's like, you, how you put G-O-D all over your Instagram? I'm like, G-O-D. I've got to talk to you about this. And I was like, do you mind if I tape this conversation just as an experiment as a podcast? He said that. He, no, I said that because oh, I just, a friend just said, why don't you just right. tape those conversations? We should throw bits from that in this. We could. I've got it actually. How long did it go for? Uh, good hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. Yeah. But anyway, so it, was, it was really beautiful. That The fact is that our mutual friend, it was, and the thing of a podcast coming together mm. is that we just shot one and then Kerry was like, actually, my mate. Yeah. 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 He's got microphones <laughs> yeah, that work. He's actually like, can better. do this legitimately. <laughs> yeah. So it was Aaron, beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you do all sorts of things. Brand Ambassador for Swiss is one of them, isn't it? Yes. And that's um, with Radic and that lot, is it? They've sold. Oh, they've sold. But Radic, yeah. yeah, Radic was a part of it for many, many moons. But yeah. now it's, it's sold. He's my. He's a friend of mine. He's on the first episode as well. Oh he's no a, way! Yeah, yeah. So you're a Melbourne boy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we've got a lot of mutual. Yeah, yeah. People. So why do you meditate? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> when did you start meditating? I properly learnt to meditate in the Veda tradition. Yep. Um, about seven years ago. Right. With Jeff Cobra. Where we saw each other the other night. Yeah. Um, and I, I was teaching yoga since I was like 18 and never really got the point of yoga until I started meditating. Right. Um, and actually it was my ex, now ex-husband, who said to me, I was really stressed, as in like my body was taking a big um, hit. I mm. came out with shingles oh, wow. of all things. Yeah. Um, I was modeling in New York, also partying and teaching hot yoga and practicing a, a shitload of hot yoga at the same time. And my body just went into shutdown. Oh. And yeah, the came out in shingles, which was just like such a awakening because I wasn't listening so it was like my body was going to tell me Mm. and he said he was living in LA I was in New York at the time he said I promise you like if you come and learn this meditation like you'll never get sick and it will heal you and you'll Mm. be able to find balance in all that you're doing and uh, it was very vulnerable because we had only ever emailed back and forth (laughs) and and I had shingles on my body and I just thought you know what I'm going to just take the leap and come and see this guy (laughs) who's offering really like to get this amazing practice that he really believes in. And, uh, yeah. And then, so I came to LA, I learned to meditate. It was actually the hardest week of my life. Really? I don't know if you experienced when you first learned to meditate, but like they call it stress release and it's all coming out. Mm. And I just, I was like, this is, I thought this was meant to make me feel better and peaceful and like <laughs> yeah. good about things. Yeah. And yeah. I just had like anxiety talking to me here. Like my body was like getting rid of stuff and 
But since then, I, I have not missed a day because wow. if you ask me why I meditate, like now I just am like, why would you not? Yeah. Like seriously, once you've felt the benefits of really just transcending all mm. that mm. is out here and being able to be connected to truly all that is and mm-hmm. putting you in that divine flow and, mm. and peace and, and balance, it's, you know, Amazing. I contribute my whole life's order to right. it. Right. Beautiful. Mm. Wow. So it was like your nervous system was shot. Like that's what shingles is. It's like a pain of the nervous system. Right? Mm-hmm. I've had it once, and it's like really agonising, but also very itchy. Ah, uh, yeah. I didn't have that many actual sores. I think I only had one. It sits on like your yeah on points of where you're all in- your nervous system. But it's I think as kids it comes from chickenpox or something. Yeah. And lives in your spine. And whenever your immune system's super low, it's like something that's always there, but right. dormant. Right. And it comes out, and so. It's actually a beautiful teacher now because mm, mm. if that ever comes, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I've mm. really got to listen here. Yeah. So, tell me about that first week when the, your whole body was like releasing all that stress. Like, what was the, were they ha- like, I mean, I'm going to use, use terminology that we're familiar <laughs> with, like held impressions or, you know, impressions on your anatomy or st- stresses that you receive over the years. The, it was the release of those things and your, mm-hmm. your, your conditioned thinking and such? Yeah, I, I think... Um it came, it, it does come out and it continues to come out. But I think because I'd never really got that deep, deep level of rest that Vedic meditation or really transcending properly gives your body. Mm. And it's the only way that the body can truly heal. Mm. And as soon as it, I started to really, truly rest, I mean, mm. it came out in thought forms, mm. like old thought patterns and it exposes discomfort everything, in the body, it? everything. I mean, on every level, like stuff was just being like brought up. And so, but it's all there for it to be sort of let go of. And, you know, let, I think Jeff says, you know, you're getting rid of the trash. Mm. It's just like, it all comes up to be seen. Mm. But the beautiful thing about it is because I guess that it was always there and I was living with it mm. unconsciously. Mm. But it was also having the guidance of a teacher at the same time, but really to let me know that, this is separate to who and what I truly am. So I was being able to really witness, mm. like I all of a sudden had anxiety here, mm. like this is, oh my God, it's busy, it's busy, and like I've got to worry about this, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> but I could actually just go, oh, like that is not actually little... my reality. Wow. This is just, you know, and so there was that separation, and I think I was really able to get that, Beautiful. which is huge. So it's, it's not massive. like stresses don't still come through right it's it's still i'm still releasing but just Mm. being able to go oh this is stress release and better out than in and not have to go through the trash and just sort of let it flow through and then be able to separate and live from a different space Mm. super powerful it's like you change your relationship to your thoughts or you create that perspective or distance Mm -hmm. from them is everything isn't it but it's still like it's an ongoing thing obviously isn't it because and it's funny how much it it comes up just spontaneously sometimes or like, you know, like you have all this stress release and why am I so fucking yeah. un- detached? And sometimes I find meditation doesn't always do everything. You know, like oh, a few weeks back, I had a real bad day. So I meditated like 30, 40 minutes, three times in one day and I, and I was still feeling Uh-oh. agitated. So I was like, this is, I need something else. You know else. you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> do you know you're not allowed to do that? Why? Why? How come? Because if you meditate more than 20 minutes twice a day, unless you're in a rounding retreat or actually you don't like, come back. No, no, no. Your stress release becomes full on. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, like, like you rounding. actually, you would actually cause more stress release. So right. if you're having, it's, it's kind of a funny thing because you think, oh, I'm just going to meditate more. But it actually can cause oh. you to start releasing the stress 
stresses faster than you can actually handle. Right. And so over meditating sometimes isn't the best thing to do. Shit, man. Yeah, yeah, that's why that. <laughs> it's like you probably put yourself into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I think I needed exercise or something, so another form of something or other. But, I hear you. You're saying it's not it's not the whole pie. Yeah, well, yeah, cerebral, cerebral, cerebral. <laughs> it's in your brain a lot. But yeah, I feel like it's not all the pie. I mean, I've gone deep down that route as well before mm. with like rounding, you know. Oh, like, you have done yeah, rounding. Yeah, around Amazing. retreats and like even doing the Rishi train and all like exploring the Vedas and the cities. Oh, you've done it all. Yeah. Oh, it's, man. It, 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 I love it. It really, it really unravels your, your sense of what you are mm-hmm. and, and then you kind of like come back up from the ground again. But then still you get caught by these old pain patterns and these old old-fashioned cycles of what you are isn't it absolutely it's a funny it's a funny thing the old journey of life <laughs> it really is and and it's like it's always that old thing of like ignorance is bliss mm. i think that it really is like we both acknowledge when we first walk in here like mm. it's it's not stress that we mm. feel and on the on the constitution of the body it's literally this when you're awake and and feeling all that's actually happening all those old stresses and and life coming at us because we're de-stressing like everyday life right mm. I don't think we were ever meant to be this stimulated. Mm-hmm. Like our systems were not built to be this stimulated. So we are like in this modern day, you know, hippie, so to speak, like someone that's on a path mm. is dealing with a lot more than humans, I think, have ever been able to deal with. So mm. it is this constant, um, yeah, constant releasing. And I think the difference is, is just our relationship to ourselves through that process. Mm. You know, like... It's still happening. It's mm. not like we just get to a constant peaceful place. Yeah. It's just being able to be okay that that, like yeah. the other day when you were having a freak out, it's just your relationship to yourself in that moment. Mm. It's like I'm still accepting and mm. loving of Jazz mm. right now, mm. even though he's fucking stressed out and yeah, that's really mad at something yeah. and mad at someone and it feels like a real reality right now. It's kind of like you can still have that, again, separation and, and relationship to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Totally. I love that. And it, to explain for people that aren't on a path or whatnot, mm. it's kind of like that. People just go through an awakening, right, of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to translate it because, like, I feel like a lot of my friends are like this, but then a lot of friends, it's bewildering for yeah. or confusing. Yeah. I suppose all it is is some getting some kind of severe disconnection from localized self or mm-hmm. the idea of what you think you are, mm-hmm. some sort of realization of... Yeah, I mean, without going too deep, I feel like it, any religion is founded on an individual that just was able to sit still and notice their origin. It's, yes. it's kind of like yes, that's the foundation of what mm. we're talking about. It's just like a spiritual. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm making it more polarizing. No, 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 you, you it's good. no, no, no. You're doing well. I was my my head wanted to go so many different ways go. with what you were talking about then, and now I've lost all of it. <laughs> good luck to the listeners. Yeah. Um, no. The first thing, what was the first thing that you just said? It was really good. Origin, sit still, and any spirit. With religion. Oh, yeah. It's any person that's just sat still and noticed their origin. There's something um, Yogi think, Singh said this. Uh, I, Yogi Bhajan. Yeah. Oh, Yogi Singh. He's oh, Yogi, Yogi Bhajan Singh. student. Yeah, as a Kundalini geezer. No, I think um, just to explain like the separation is I always like to imagine like a mother what I, that I'm not yet, right? But I've heard that, that that relationship, there's nothing like it to be a parent and to mm. really uh, 
the way you are with your child, even if it's screaming and yelling and like up keeping you up all night and like sucking your boobs dry or whatever. And I'm sure a father can experience mm. the same sort of unconditional love. Mm. Like apparently it's just the whole next level of unconditional mm. love. And it's almost just like having that with yourself because mm. it is really an extension of the self. I think like birth and if we really think about, you know, it's so alien and it so is not of this world yet it's the, the thing, it's the way we all come in, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, yeah, it's to have that experience of knowing that it is a part of me, it is a very part of me that I've created and that I can still have this relationship of unconditional love no matter what. So I, I don't know, I somehow have that image of myself even mm. when I'm mm. being a little shit or I'm being mad about someone or I'm crying or even if I'm in a the opposite, just in so much joy and playfulness and all those things, mm. still just relating to myself, that's what gives me the, like, the relationship of separation as if I'm mm. my own child. Mm. I know that sounds crazy, mm. but like no, it's, it's a beautiful it's, way, just a simplified version of, of getting that, that relationship to the self, mm, so to speak. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Mm. It's a great analogy to make it like, that's the one thing I've definitely noticed on the path yeah. <laughs> is that, is, or just my life yeah. um, is that any, any patterns in nature mm. or the signposts, the truth or like, like the ocean analogy, we're all waving the ocean, yes. but we're connected to the ocean, so we're not separate from the ocean. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we're everything. We are mm -hmm. the ocean. We're just mm -hmm. an expression, a little mm -hmm. localized expression of mm -hmm. it. In the same way that there is all of consciousness and that we're localized, manifested forms of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think those, whenever you see patterns and similarities, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That that mm -hmm. that's like you know, there's supreme knowledge. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of woo woo and there's a lot of religious dogma, mm -hmm. but there's what I'll call supreme knowledge mm -hmm. that always aligns with your heart, mind, and mm -hmm. soul. I, I pointed at my head when I said yeah. heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. But, but, <laughs> That's where <thoughts> come from. <laughs> so it's like, can you tell me a bit about your relationship to that supreme intelligence of the universe and, mm -hmm. and kind of direct experience? Because I think the most important <clears throat> thing with these conversations is mm -hmm. talking about your direct experience mm -hmm. rather than... Um, you know, no, else. I agree. You're trying mm. to work out someone else's idea of the same thing, right? Mm, mm. And that's what I love about it is that we can all have our own experience, individual experience of what that is to us. Mm, mm. Um, and I, before when you talked about like different, the separation on different levels, I thought about like the first awakening for me was realizing that I'm not my thoughts. Like mm. that was the, the first real like holy moly. Um, I was in a yoga class in Germany and, and sort of in like it was the first time I'd left my comfort bubble. I was modeling overseas, young, getting told to lose weight. It was the first time I was like on my own out there sort of being um, sort of acknowledged, recognized for my physicality mm. and and only all the attention was on that, like all of a sudden, like, you know, lose weight, do this, like, you know, and, I, and it sort of made me crazy, especially at a young age, and which actually got me into hot yoga because I thought, oh, this would be a good way to lose weight. So that was literally the first thing that yoga brought about for me. Mm. But very quickly, I, I couldn't quite work it out, but I was feeling much more peaceful from the whole experience. And then I had this moment because at the time, like I said, it was it was not the 
brightest time. It was kind of a dark space for me where I really had this devil on my shoulder telling me I'm not good enough, you're fat, you're like, you know, you'll never do... The judge that yeah, we all yeah, sort of yeah. can relate to. But when it's on fire, you can really be like, wow, like you can almost, again, separate yourself from it. Yeah. But I hadn't quite been able to yet. It really felt like my reality. So I was in this yoga class. I was looking at myself in the mirror. It was Bikram yoga. And I'm doing a a posture. I'm listening to the teacher in German dialect. I'm thinking about the person next to me annoying me, but also <laughs> looking at myself and judging myself about my posture and my body and the, all this like insecurity. And all of a sudden, I just had this, hang on, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm telling my body what to do. I'm listening to that person teach. I'm judging the person next to me. I'm having self-judgment thoughts, like, but I'm witnessing all of it. Mm. Like there's something else here. <laughs> I, I'm the thing that's watching it all happen. Yeah, well, like just the fact that there was not just one sort of stream of thought. There was so many different levels going around and there was almost like a devil and an angel. Mm. You know, there was Mm. like one person like, no, 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 you're fine. You're amazing. And don't judge the teacher. And the other one, I fucking about myself, about the environment. about, Mm. And I just, I don't know what it was, but it just was the first time that I actually had that space between Mm. myself and my thinking, which for me at the time when my thinking was literally self-destructive and probably could have killed me Mm. to have that separation Mm. was like oh my god and it was just a touch and it was enough at like 17 to just go like whatever is here i i want to keep doing this wow and that was like the beginning of my yoga journey wow and i guess that's my first experience of like for me it's as simple as that of what god or spirit or anything is it's just that other than mm. what i identify with so i was so heavily identified with my thoughts and it, as we talk about the journey and the process it's just more and more of peeling back the layers as they say like for me at the moment which is so powerful and i i love having the experience of like going through a big breakup Right and a marriage mm. and and being so identified as people seeing me as that happy couple and mm. and me knowing myself as that in that relationship and there's like identification of what makes up who I am in that mm. and even being a little bit seen in the public eye and like projecting that kind of image and sort of getting lost in like well actually is that how I really feel or is that just looks really good yeah. all of that right and then also even with my job and really going mainstream modeling just does not fulfill me and doesn't feel true if I really just think about how much energy I'm putting into something that doesn't feel like it's really using me to the best of my ability in the world, right? Mm. But so these big things that we can often identify as, or speak for myself, but relationship, work, for me even turning 30 in a couple of days and mm. I think because I've modelled my whole life that's like an early midlife crisis it feels <laughs> like I'm getting old quicker than probably I am right yeah. but so much has come up lately where it, it's given me this same opportunity to disidentify with what I think that I am mm. and that I've put so much power and importance in and really like you get I'm getting to die to Ashley and and the more I die to that the more that I have that experience of, of God, mm. so to speak, that mm. other than, well, mm. what am I so if I'm not all said. of those things? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So funny. It's like the surrender. It's, 
I love the way you've described that, mm. like the letting go mm. and the and the it's like the same practice in meditation. It's the mm-hmm. transcending the self and then mm-hmm. or sinking down into the deeper layer of what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're big ones to let go as well, like Huge. a marriage and and your work, two massive things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm letting go of a bit a relationship too at the moment, and also just like re learning what my relationship with work or what what I bring to the world you know my yes. idea of even being of service yes. is false is an idea like yes. I've got to let go of that that's the thing it goes so deep it goes so deep yeah and even when you think you're doing something good that what came from an original cognition about what what like you know that bubbled up like this is what I want to do this is kind of stuff you create a, a stru- hard structure mm-hmm. of what that is like your marriage mm-hmm. or your work and mm-hmm. the, an identity and then you identify it. with that yeah yeah it's like it's like the whole layers of existence like these things bubble up manifest and then form rigid structures yes and exactly then, and then we we i think everyone can relate to mm-hmm. getting a lot of comfort from the rigid structures in our lives absolutely absolutely and and one of my biggest huge like oh my god like i even have to die to that was the identification with my spirituality Mm. that was like boom hit me over the head like because it's like okay well if I'm not any of that I'm not any of that like well then I am I am yoga and meditation (laughs) and I'm a yogi right and then I was like no like I actually even experimented with like I said I didn't miss a meditation so here I'm gonna have to (laughs) restore my integrity because I actually purposely stopped for like it was probably just a week Mm. But I was going through this training at the time called Limitless Living and it was all about, yeah, just this disidentification process. And Sounds actually, like a DMT trip. <laughs> oh, yeah, babe, life is a DMT trip. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but what was I saying? So you're doing Limitless Living Limitless for a week. Living. Um, no meditation for a week. No meditation. So really, because often I th- we think that we need something to have the experience of God. Interesting. Like I could get so attached and for years I was like, I have to wake up every morning at 4am and do my sadhana, my spiritual mm, practice. Mm, I have mm. a cold shower, I chant mantras, I do my breathing exercises, Fucking I do wicked. my asana, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and beautiful and then yeah. I have my tonic. But there's also such rigidity in that. Mm. And there's also an attachment to if I don't do those things, then I will not be on my path and I will not be connected. Mm. But the truth is that... God, so to speak, is in all things and in every moment. And it's not reaching for anything. It's in simply the simplicity of being. Mm. And that is it. I mean, mm. we it's it's so freaking simple. Wow. And it all comes back down to that. So to really realize and stop putting power even in my meditation practice, which I rely, I put everything on. I'm like, God, if I didn't have that, I would. But just to know that I still am, I still am mm. with nothing. Man. I love that. It's so funny how we even do that for things that we think are really good. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. And I definitely agree that there's a lot to be said for, <clears throat> I find my liberation in the adaptability mode as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm like nimble, um, got no rigid attachment to any outcome and I'm, I'm, I'm light on my toes. Yes. And, and that means through all facets of my life mm-hmm. and even the sense of my own value. Mm-hmm. And so to have you know like so then in those days when i feel shitty mm. it's no no big deal you know more so yes but the adaptability like and that's the thing nature's greatest desire mm-hmm. is evolution and the biggest characteristic of that is adaptability mm-hmm. so you're just change th- yeah that was your micro evolution in that scenario was letting go of your practices you know to <laughs> and what a what a massive one to learn as well to know that 
God is everything. Like, I mean, without trying to freak people out again. <laughs> I suppose it's just the, there's a podcast on this with Johnny Pollard, actually, that's previously recorded. Oh, I recorded. love Johnny. And that, we, Amazing. Yeah, it was changing the idea of what God is or like mm. re- renewing it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just for this conversation, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we'd both agree it's the supreme intelligence of everythingness. So it's the darkness and the light and yes. it's, it's, it's absolutely the everythingness. Mm. And so it's kind of just connecting to the to that supreme intelligence within yourself, mm-hmm. which is of what you're made of mm-hmm. and of what everything is. Mm-hmm. That's just a basic way to yeah, and it's, describe it. No, and it's right. beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it's challenging though because I think like intuition's a big one. Mm. Right? It's like when you talk about adaptability, mm. like I think that when we're in tune, that we can adapt and flow, so to speak, with, with what's thrown at us and know in the right moment which decision to make. But often, and I made this mistake in my life, I was so confident in my intuition that I was acting on things that later I came to discover were in fact layered with reactive behavior from things that I had not been complete with from my past that Mm. were playing out, Mm. so to speak. So, I mean, it's such a fine line between like, I feel like the whole baseline of spirituality is like finding out what's true for you moment to moment, Mm. but then also on a bigger scale of like, who am I, what am I doing here and what's my biggest purpose? And what can I bring to the planet to fulfill mm. my mm. potential here? Mm. Mm. That all comes back to like really being in tune with what direction moment to moment we go, what decisions we make. But I think that if there hasn't been actually like different levels of work, when you say meditation isn't the whole pie, because we can get to the transcendent state that is in alignment with all of nature mm. and that is sort of, you know, making the acorn turn into a tree is that what turns into an acorn you know (laughs) the embryo into (laughs) a baby the things that naturally happen um you know we can get in tune with that and just see what's naturally meant to happen for us but i think and what i was talking about with for me that there was another level of working on a mental level or stories that i had you know, this happened in my life, say with my father, I made it mean this. And now when I relate to other men, this is how I act, mm. so to speak, right? Mm. So, but I would be thinking, oh no, this is so true for me. Like I need to get out of this relationship. This is not true. But really it's this big fear of a childhood wound that I haven't actually looked at or faced. Mm. And I think that that's like such an importance on like the spiritual path because I also think that sometimes just transcending like my thoughts and my feelings and emotions and being above it all is you know it's spiritual bypassing and we can kind of get stuck also in this sort of like not taking responsibility and just going with the flow like this is the extreme of what we're talking about someone that's just like yeah I'm just flowing I'm going you know like adaptability mm. and I don't make a plan no and that's like almost. no responsibility but also really being in tune with and knowing the self on all levels not just the transcendent self but who I am as Ashley so to speak and the life that I've lived and the the things that I've attached meaning to and made up of my character and not letting those necessarily live or drive the bus either. Mm. But do you know what I'm saying? Mm, it's, totally. such a, it's such a fine line. And that's what I think is like it, sometimes unacknowledged in, in a lot of spiritual practices. Um, 
I'm a big advocate of the Landmark Forum. I know it's got a lot of... It's a Landmark Forum. Uh, it's a... It's a course, I guess, self-development. Halt. <laughs> no, yeah, well, that's what actually, there's got a lot of oh, like really? stigma around it. And that's why no often, you know, I, I, I hate to be one of those people that are like, oh, you know, like, but I, I actually, it's, it's such a incredible course and it really gets, they talk about what you know, you know, right? what you know, you don't know. And then there's this part of the pie that you don't know that you don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard that's, of that? That's like 99.9%. 90%. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like so much of us just decide not to mm. – we, and we just live out of what we know and we, we don't know and, and we stay comfort in that we know about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but in this unknown place, it's, it's a course that really allows you – gives you the tools to look at certain aspects of yourself and really discover if that is – you know, mm. just something that happened to you in your life that you've made mean and it gets you back in touch with, you know, having conversations with those people in your life and mm. just really clear on your past and being able to clear everything from your past so you can have a fresh beginning to mm. start anew. Um, really And good. I think things like that are just really important to, you know, like we said, work on all levels of the self to getting mm. to know the self mm. on all levels. I, I love that because that's the, the accountability, taking accountability for what you are and not... Because that's a, a lot of emotional energy transference, karma, whatever you want to call it, is a cause of people not taking responsibility for their own, the energy that's moving through them. Mm. So it's like the, the, these impressions that you've had, like with your mm. father maybe. And yes. They're, they're just impressions on your anatomy that cause stress and mm. patterns. And then so like that's meditation is such a beautiful practice mm-hmm. for that to release those stress. Mm-hmm. But it, we still need to do the work in the day. Like, exactly. And by being still in the moment, we're on a job or whatever we're doing to be able to be – because I find that, I don't know about you, but that gut feeling in your stomach, it's always a very, very quiet, calm, all-knowing, very peaceful, all-loving voice, very, very still and simple, mm. but it never, it never speaks loudly and it never, mm. and rarely aligns with my heart or my mind. That's one thing I've found. Oh, interesting. It, like, it doesn't align with your heart. Like with my recent breakup, I just had this conversation for like, for such a long time with my intuition just trying to go show me show me what's right to yeah. do and then my heart was screaming out my head was screaming out and but my intuition just had this just this clear calm very peaceful sense mm. and so I, it was really just a choice of going I want to honor that because I know that that's there and I want to really go hard on listening to my intuition mm. and and honoring it and having and mm. building that strengthening that relationship mm-hmm. with it by mm-hmm. acting on what it says mm-hmm rather than ignoring it. Because I think a lot of the suffering and the dissonance in my life comes from not giving it a chance to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let alone not listening to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And that's and why I thought of intuition is because mm. we're talking about God and sometimes mm-hmm. I think that that is people's, that is God, right? Yes. If we can, yes. like that is in, in tune Soul. with something telling us other than the head and the heart, like you say, like mm. what direction to go and what mm. decision to make. And and that's the beauty of also, you know, when we talk about we don't need anything else truly to be in touch with that, that it just simply is and it's quiet and like, you know, but the practices of to quiet us down like meditation and also like a healthy, clean diet to strip us, to be able to be 
you know, like if we've had a lot of sugar, so to speak, we're spiked, we're up, like coffee, we're adrenaline. It's much harder to get in tune with that. So that's why, like, you know, it's not yogis are just on this, like, healthy vegan diet. For It's the reason to be more connected to all that is, you mm. know. I think it's mm. the simplification of of everything mm. and shedding those layers on every level to be in touch with that. Mm. But what I was saying about, I think, just fresh on the path and something that I just really wanted to acknowledge is that, I, I guess I was just very gluttonous in my gluttonous, I, pig. gluttonous little <laughs> piggy with my identification, <laughs> with my identification, with my intuition. I was like, oh, it's just my gut telling me. I just got to, you know, like, and it was like, it was also this period of life where it was like, I don't, that wasn't really my gut. Mm. So it was just another good layer of going, oh yeah, that's still not it. So what specifically, what area that was? So I was doing this limitless living training and it's all about following your feeling over fear. And I was having troubles in my relationship at the time and went to a coach. Someone I I, I was like, you know what, I think I need therapy, but like I'm so spiritual. I don't know if they'll get me like, you know, so I reached out to you know, a, a coach to be able to someone that I felt that would understand me and be able to coach me for through what I'm going through. And, you know, I think it was the, the beginning of the disem- dismantlement of my whole relationship. Mm. And I didn't realize then, but I was like, yeah, it's just not true for me. Mm. And, and he was supporting me in that as you do as a coach, because that's what I'm telling myself. I'm like, no, I'm really true for me it's not real like this is I've just got to get out of it and it doesn't matter if I'm engaged it doesn't matter about like what people think of me like really like using all of the the lingo Mm -hmm. to make it fit into that I'm doing the work and that this is like definitely true for me Mm. but then really to and to to piss it off break up and then really sit with the repercussions of that and be in the quiet space and, and go back and spend time with my father and dive deeper into myself. And I really realized that I was just shit scared. Mm-hmm. And the moment that that popped up in my relationship, my first reaction, or even the second and the third, because the, the wound was so deep, was that I just need to get rid of this. Mm. this is not true for me like leave get out of my space but it was it it also can be seen as an opportunity to deepen and to comfort those old stories that I was telling myself that I can't trust this person Mm. that they can't show up for me Mm. like you know I was carrying that into that space and it felt so true and Mm. I was saying this is my intuition Mm. this is my truth and being so righteous about that at the time but I so it's just because I suppose it's because, like, if we look at the layers of our psyche, mm-hmm. those those pains are quite deep. So maybe they're closer to your soul or your intuition than, say, the... Yeah, definitely than the chutavitti. Like, I transcended... Okay, I definitely know that this isn't it. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't it. But mm-hmm. there's, like we mm-hmm. keep talking about, there's so many layers to getting to that truth. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the whole path. Like, I'm still dying to it in so many different aspects. Mm-hmm. But that one's a sneaky one. Mm-hmm. That one's a bloody sneaky one. Because it's the earliest and the most painful, or how so? No, it's sneaky to 
Like, I mean, like it's the it seems to be the most severe impression on your anatomy, like the Which one? the pain the pain pattern of your father. Oh yes, like I'm talking about. Well, there was there's many um, stories in there, not just mm. daddy ones. I okay. think that um, the sneakiness I'm talking about is. I think it goes back to the identification with my spirituality or identification as that I'm so in tune with my intuition and being very like gluttonous, like we're talking yeah, about, gotcha. about that. Mm, and gotcha. it's like there's also sometimes just to catch myself that ego's grabbed onto that too. Mm, you mm. know, like it's like you're saying, it's like we materialize <clears throat> it. Like that was just another materialize, like I said, like adding the story to make it go, yeah, this is definitely mm. not true for me. And, you know, I've sat with it and I just... Yeah, it's just that it's a sneaky layer to mm. identify as it's a poser. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As yeah. God. Well, that, I mean, you know? Man, that's it's like, like know it all. Totally. Mm. I think, I mean, I'm well familiar with that. I grew up in like an extreme fundamentalist Christian sect. So my relationship with the idea of God rather mm-hmm. than actually God yes. is very deeply embedded in me. Yes. So, like, my path has been more reactionary to anyone that's got a slight deviation of of absolute humble truth, you know? Yes. Um, I, I strongly react to any yes. kind of guru. If there's any... Dogma. Sh- any yeah, dogma. Or yeah. if there's any shadow of harm, because plain as God is, like, so fucked up for people that mm-hmm. aren't aware that that's going on. Mm. It's so damaging mm. for their psyche and mm. their sense of... Playing as God, did you say? Yeah, yeah play, like, which exactly. is kind of the similar what exactly. you're saying. And that's, it's a beautiful way to relate back to it because that's exactly it. Like I didn't have a certain religion to attach to, which mm. I think a lot, a lot of people do and go through that path. But I guess I just went to the deepest level of attaching with spirituality, mm. which is, you know, can still, if it's not really truly looked at, could just be another form of religion. Mm. So it's really getting real with, with what that truly is mm. like at the baseline of like you said sitting what was what what yogi bhajan not yogi bhajan yeah maybe it was yogi singh yogi maybe singh. bhajan said it originally what did he say the origin of any religion is founded on one person who sat still and knows their origin yeah and and mm. so the same in in all things mm. i think mm. that it's the same as spirituality it's mm. realized there and also realizing i think part of my pain is like thinking you know like basically it's okay that people a mistaken or slight deviations of the truth or create rigid attachment to it and create structure and religion and mm-hmm. dogma around it mm-hmm. because because it's okay like in m- most of it the teaching can be good i don't know why i react to it straight probably because i got the deep pain impression but i mm. do also know my upbringing was doused in love and my parents were mm. like nothing but amazing mm-hmm. and it taught me a lot of great things as mm-hmm. well like being in like a really tight-knit heavy culture around spirituality with like mm. vulnerability and relationships mm-hmm. laying mm-hmm. your life down mm-hmm. letting go but I think it just wasn't the full picture or at least that what I wanted to see of reality mm. I just felt there was more but there are good things in these things <laughs> no, and that's and the beautiful thing is here is like it's not bad because we are embodied right we're bloody humans at the mm. end of the day mm. and I think like I went to the extreme of like you know not even dressing nicely I just thought you know only wear loose clothes that feel good and like I'm never gonna wear makeup all that stuff and like really and then I was like you know also I am a body and I'm gonna have this human experience so then we get to consciously choose so to speak what we do want to identify with because Mm. we are constantly identifying right Mm. and so it's kind of becomes then fun because we can 
literally consciously choose to create ourselves and be who we want to be and how we want to be and it's it's fun and there's nothing wrong with that and I think a big part of it is not making ourselves wrong for that Mm. you know like it's it's part of the parcel of what being alive is yeah it's just as relevant as the deep layer of everythingness is the localized field of somethingness absolutely the biggest challenge is and ideally if we bought into this life with absolute pure awoken consciousness from our like (laughs) from every part of our environment then we would have, we were, I mean, it would be amazing. Like, I've got some people that are birthing children at the moment and they're so fucking woke. <laughs> this kid is coming out, like, no cries, just pure white eyes. And it's just, no cries, pure white eyes. That could be like Jay Coler. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but I think the hardest part, like we're saying, is, is, is the letting go of all these impressions we've had up until this point, you know, mm-hmm. the karma that we've inherited mm-hmm. up until this point. Mm-hmm. That's why meditation is so good. <laughs> you just have a moment to sit still. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Um, can I ask you what the trigger is around, even though you wanted to know more, mm. which is beautiful because I think we all at some point get to that on our in our own way in life. It's mm. like there's more here. I want to know more. And no matter what space we were brought up in to believe whatever we were to believe, I think we, it's part of what we all go through to be like, hang on, what's really true for yes, me? You know, yes. it's that rebellious stage and yep. then there's different layers of that as we evolve and grow up. But why do you think that there's still some sort of stigma for you? Like what is that around your Good upbringing question. with religion? I think it's the pain. I, actually, Jeff w- woken up real strong because I'm doing this course, The Cities. Oh, or the city, Cities. Yeah, City yeah. Training. Oh, look Siddha. at you go, you little... <laughs> And it's, it, you, pra- you practice these sutras, these Sanskrit yes. sounds that aliven the characteristics of all the laws of nature. Mm-hmm. So one of them's like friendliness. Mm. And as I was practicing it, like it just brought up all the shadow version or the dark side of the friendliness. Mm. And it's something that I've been, you know, unfriendly or judgmental towards some people throughout my life, but never really known why. And it's kind of this little monkey that pops its head up, but the whole body never comes up. And as soon as I started practicing the sutras, the whole body came up for the first time in my life. And I could see this unfriendly monkey and I don't want to call it I love monkeys but it's like <laughs> no, unfriendly I love it. energy I'm getting a good visual <laughs> yeah sitting on my shoulder it's actually my left shoulder yeah. <laughs> and, and it started it started manifested in my life expressing itself in my life in all the unfriendly ways I was like super judgy towards all my friends who were lovely and just really hard and I'm like it heightened when I text my mate I thought I was texting my girlfriend and I text my um, uh oh my friend who I was talking about, oh, about no. like his smoking, and yeah. it was so mean. It but went like, straight to him. It went straight to him. I was like, all right, this is divine. Yeah, divine. <laughs> it was meant to happen. <laughs> so, so anyway, that came up, and that unfriendliness. I've only since really Jeff hit it because I was telling him like my upbringing and stuff, and practicing what it's bringing up, and he was like a pain pattern that's been previously there. I can't remember the specific Mm -hmm. release, but what I remember the feeling that came after was this realization that I've been unfriendly towards anyone that wasn't in the church when I was in the church up until at the age of 24 Mm. of this, like I'm better than, Mm -hmm. and and also that I can't include them in certain aspects of my life because they don't get it. They're not of the same belief ideology. So that belief actually created this massive wall. Separation. Separation. Isn't that amazing? It's the opposite to what we're doing here. Exactly. Yeah. And so it created this all through my upbringing. Mm. And so I didn't trust them. I didn't, they wouldn't understand me. And when he said it, that's why it made me cry is because I realized that when I left that initial period, I was like spout into the unknown and that 
feeling like I'd still be friends of everyone in the church, but there was this total wall and otherness from them. Mm. And it felt like that. You know, they say that when you get rejected from a tribe, it's akin to a death psychologically. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I went through this massive depression and and sadness and, and f- you know, feeling like just totally disillusioned by the fact that I thought this was unconditional love where I grew up. Mm. And then this massive wall of conditioning. And admittedly, I left, you know, like it was my choice. I just wasn't aware of where I was stepping into mm. with my, you know, intuition saying step out. Wow. And then step out and that was kind of like the route to my unraveling and awakening. Your own awakening, yeah. yeah. It was. And, oh, I get that. And there's a series of like direct experiences yeah. with God that were like come through meditation that were like akin to... DMT trips. Wow. And so th- those are the moments where I established a knowing rather than a belief of what is mm-hmm. God. That's beautiful. But, but a then, knowing yeah. instead of a belief. Yes. That's exactly it's an what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So that unfriendliness is now towards all people because I don't, I don't know if I can trust them. So that's the, the monkey that's, that I'm working for at the moment is like having friendliness towards everyone for their capability to understand me or not. You know, for, yes. if, if, if their state of consciousness means that they can really get me on any level, great. But if it doesn't, that's fine too. Yes. And not have a dependency on if that, that situation. Because I think I've got a dependency on it because I felt I've got this pain from it or this, or this mechanic in my brain that I didn't trust people. Mm. Essentially needing something from someone, needing people to understand me. Because again, that ties to my biggest pain is like the fact that my family don't really fully understand me they didn't really acknowledge these kind of awakening experiences mm-hmm. as even god those things felt entirely bewildering i remember having this chat once with hamish my boss and mate and it was in india with filming this tv show and this was when i was in the church about 23 wow and, and he goes um he was basically representing everything that i thought was jesus-like quality in his kindness Ooh, was. oh yeah, beautiful yeah. In, as an embodied yeah, yeah as an embodied just his morals mm. you know like just naturally naturally I like how that. his his care for his friends his mm. love of his girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and then all these things of which he expressed and felt mm. about reality was mm. just total love mm. and wisdom mm. but he had no identification of Jesus beautiful. or God whatsoever so beautiful and that for me was like holy fuck yeah. what, what is my idea of like what, what was this based on? And then that's when it started the research. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so beautiful. And, and what I'm hearing is that you really wanted confirmation of your experience of God. Mm. And you yeah. wanted to be recognized and heard and understood and your parents weren't giving you that. Mm. And there was a distrust. Mm. But as you now are more solid in knowing who God is for you and that you've created a whole podcast and deepening conversations around being able to have that experience become alive for you. Mm, mm. What I'm hearing is that, and I know that you know it because you're doing the work, no, it's nice but it. it's, it's beautiful to know that you don't need the acceptance of other belief systems. You don't mm. need them to get your way. Mm. And it's okay that everyone has their own way. And yeah. it's all a process that, you know, they'll either awaken from that strong identification with the man in the sky or the Bible or uh, whatever it is. It's, it's their process. But part of our awakening is exactly 
coming into oneness without that separation. So the separation of your family that you spoke about in that unconditional bubble that you stepped outside of. And then there was like, oh my goodness, it's like I don't need to identify with anything to have that unconditional love. But mm. then there's still a wall of separation to what was mm. and where you came from. And so it just feels like if there's any of that still there, and maybe you just say it's still because it's part of your story. Mm. But the whole thing I believe that we're about is no separation. Mm. And, totally. it's, and you said it completely. It's it's like now just being okay with if people can understand where I'm coming from and hear me or mm. connect to me on, mm. on that level or they can connect to me on whatever level they can, mm. you know, and we might be able to just take the piss and talk about beer and that's okay too <laughs> yeah. because you're, you're, you know, adaptable yeah, and yeah, you can play yeah. all facets yeah. and you are such a big person now that you can, you can, play in all those different fields and that's the beauty of it but there is no separation and yeah. I think that's the beauty of true spirituality over any dogma of like religion or anything like that is that we are inclusive of all and, and understand and compassionate for anyone that just have some sort of safety of like going okay I know what this is and I need something to identify it mm. instead of just being like well I can feel it but I can't put a name or, or a form or I can't turn it into anything because that's what we're constantly wanting to do to make it feel safe to make it feel real to make us know what the fuck is going on here like but really the beauty of like exactly what we're talking about is like it's an experience and the moment we try to add a thought or turn it into something it's actually gone f mm, further away from wow. its most pure natural wow. state of what it is so the more that we can just let it be the experience of what it is without adding anything to it Mm -hmm. is the closest experience we can actually Beautiful. have to it. Right? It's like letting it pass up through you, experience it, then let it go. Mm, I love it. There's so many things you said there that I wanted to go double down on. Double down, <laughs> double down on it. Do you want to do, do it? Let me just... There was one really beautiful point in there because we're talking about stress release. And I think it's the same as when you introduce cities, mm. just the form as like the opposite came up to friendliness. Mm. Like it's like everything that's not friendly in your life came to reveal itself mm. so that you can ultimately be friendly, mm. fully embodied as friendliness, right? Mm. To all things. Exactly. But the opposite comes up and it's the same experience as when we first learn to meditate and first get that mantra. Yeah. Everything of the opposite of peace yes, and love and transcendent is, is what comes up. And that's yeah. what stress release is. Yeah. It's like, here it is. Look yeah. at it. Yeah. Transcend Own it. it. Let it Take yeah, accountability exactly. for what you are. That's the Let important bit there yeah. too. Yeah, It's absolutely. the biggest part. It's taking ownership. And I think <sighs> that's where all this, there's all the suffering in the world is people just not taking responsibility for what mm -hmm. they are. Yeah, the energy. Like even if, if someone else caused it you, it's still in your own that. I mean, mm -hmm. you, it's your responsibility now. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. It's so hard about the spiritual path is learning to bring myself more unconditionally to wherever anyone is at. Mm. But that's why this, this shadow neediness, it's the boy in me that wants to be acknowledged or understood mm -hmm. by his parents. Mm -hmm. That's shown itself through these ways. So I'm still finding it a challenge in, to go out, you know, like I was in Vegas a couple of days ago <laughs> for filming this thing for work. And, and I just found it really hard to like bring myself to the energy of that city. I get that. I, I, and I really get that. But it's, so yeah. it's, it's challenging. Yes. I was too far pulled mm. back because I was like wasn't engaging enough mm -hmm. and I wasn't being played so I was like oh that's something I wanted like I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to have mm -hmm. fun and enjoy mm -hmm. it but then I dove too deep <laughs> and then I was like oh now I feel a bit <laughs> shitty so drunk <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. often that's like what else do I do yeah because yeah. you want to have great shared experiences yes. with people yes 
It is. It's so, so, so true. And you know what, Jeff, and, and we're speaking of Jeff Cobra, our yeah. mutual meditation teacher. Yeah. He... Uh, often said to me when I was battling this exact thing, like even being in the industry and just being like, but you know, it's just not like relatable. I have no stimulation there. I don't feel seen or heard on like, you know, what I'm getting recognized is just not anything that I put importance on. Mm, right. Mm. And so like, why am I putting my energy into that? And he talked to me about relatability. Mm. And I think that people that are passionate like you and I about being of service is that we must stay relatable. It's exactly what we talk about here. It's like to be able to bring this wisdom and bring all these teachings and all the practices that we do, but actually like how does that relate into our lives and and still be the person that can go out and have fun and you can still drive a bloody nice car. You don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, but have damn this. Right, you know, Will. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I still wear a Rolex and a really nice, you know, I, like, Relatable, bitch. Yeah, be relatable. Yeah. It's like we're all still like having this human experience and I think that that's the beauty of like modern teachers and and. I acknowledge you for that mm. because I see what you're doing Thanks. with Hamish, Hamish and Andy. And when I first met you, what really stayed with me mm. was that you are playing in that field, but with your intention to bring consciousness to it. Mm. Mm. And that's for me, like what I was like, oh my goodness, that's the kind of person mm. that I want to be around mm. and mm. and talk to because that's exactly how I feel. And it's it's being able to bring that consciousness to every aspect of life mm. and, and, and let it be play and even if you do have a few drinks and go out and be wild and, and then mm. totally the relationship to the self again that you're completely okay with that because you're still being of service and, and trusting that everywhere you are you're supposed to be mm. and you're going to say the exact thing you meant to say to you know that person at the right time mm. like you are a rishi mm. you know you, you are that now mm, though mm, mm. and so you trust that I'm becoming it yeah yeah because you've done the Rishi training as well, the exploring the cities, but exploring the, the Vedas. Vedas so. The Vedas, yeah. And that's the one big takeaway was like sustainability, connectivity, like uh, have a sustainable practice, mm-hmm. um, but also like go integrate. And yes. the Rishi, what I love learning about with the idea of what a Rishi is, is like it's, it's much more difficult to go integrate into a Western world than it is to be a yogi and sit in the mountains and just transcend yes, all day. exactly. And connect, like it's, it's much more challenging to go integrate and 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 when you're speaking then i i I mean i thank you for for, thanks for just saying i acknowledge that that just just warms the soul to just be like i'm gonna get that those parents issues (laughs) don't be my crutch though i recognize you babe i really do though i really do thank you you. i know you did i know it's sincere and you weren't just like giving me a crutch um but it's not it's just nice to be heard yeah um i think the reason i find it a bit somewhat painful is because i feel like and this is my mistake of my intellect, but it's still what I go through is people are ignoring all these different layers of what they are like mm-hmm. below the surface. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about identifying it, mm-hmm. owning it, exploring it, having fun with it. And so seeing that creates some kind of like, I'm very sensitive. So I, I receive that as like, oh man, you're not accepting that part of me either. So rather than just being there knowing I am all of it and just being there purely to remind them in fun, playful ways, if so, of what more they are. Because mm-hmm. that's what I appreciate in people is like reminding me. Remind, Absolutely. Just, that's I, I just everything. need reminding. <laughs> and, and, and the point is, is that actually nothing needs to be done and it goes back to the simplicity of being. It's mm. who that we're being. 
True. Good. Good. You broke down. That, and <laughs> that's it, though. That's everything. Yeah. It's like it's. No one really says, "Oh, it was that." Like, even though I said you'll say the right thing, it's often it's like there's something I'm about saying. that being in that person's presence right. that makes them want to reach that place in themselves mm. that they all, all know exists, and it's just a feeling. It's like what we're talking about with God, our mm. intuition, and it's just. Like, I think that that's the most powerful thing that we can have is our presence. And mm. just if we're in touch with that, that's that all that needs to be done. Like, often I get caught up in like, well, like, you know, I should be like writing a book or like teaching yoga. Like, how can I help? What can I do? Like, you know, and it's why I was even like, maybe I should do a podcast, like something I want to be of service. Like, but just knowing that I'm enough, really just being and being in touch with that at the most simple layer is is profoundly beautiful it's it's the it's hardest beautiful. thing to do it's crazy it how hard it is because we always think we need to be more and do more yeah and and, and I, I think you've got a really beautiful point because i do find it challenging to go out and be in like you know party scenes where everyone's taking a shitload of drugs and like synthetic drugs and not like heart openers <laughs> and like, you know i do have like it's and I naturally just don't want to be around that. And I think that this is something also that's evolved on my spiritual path or just being on the path is that I always thought it was about loving everybody. And this is interesting, actually, because it's something I reflected back to you, like inclusive of all of them and accepting of wherever they're at and, and really being able to be with everyone in all situations. But I think... As I'm like, this is where I'm at right now. I'm starting to realize that I can't actually be there for everyone all the time, and that time is precious. And how do I really want to spend it? And it's so beautiful when you can actually like have these conversations where you do feel uplifted mm. and, like you said, seen and heard and understood. Mm. Mm. And it starts to create this beautiful ripple effect of just high vibrational things in your life. And like, and it's so stimulating mm. and what we're all about. And there's undeniably like it's more attractive to be amongst that. And, mm. and what what I find hard is to pull the plug on things that actually don't feel serving and I often get stuck in thinking oh but I'm meant to be of service and I'm meant to be there to help them mm. recognize themselves or remember who they are and all those kind of things and help them but um, yes. I think there's a worthy inquiry that they talk about in the Veda too and if yeah. there isn't that like that it's okay to just sort of say no and mm. and do have that you know, it's like they powerful say no is a yeah p powerful boundaries, and no yeah. is still being loving, and yeah. you know I that's said healthy but powerful oh, boundaries. Powerful, <laughs> healthy, powerful boundaries. I love powerful I'll boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna drop a powerful <laughs> boundary on you. <laughs> Back up, buddy. No, but it's something that I still I still sort of battle with that one. Mm. So, with your work, what do you want to do next? So, like, what's your idea of what you want to do? <laughs> you know, like, I only, <laughs> only ask that because you said that, you know, you're dancing with, mm -hmm. like, what's relevant for you right now with your Absolutely. work. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's so beautiful that you asked me this question because in the last couple of months, well, always there's been a little bit about actually, you know, it's been exaggerated the last couple of months, but my whole life since modeling, since I was 15, if anyone ever asked me that question, it was like, Ugh. like I never want to say what I do. 
It's just, and if talking about gut and feeling, it's like, I'm a model. Mm. Like that has been like the (laughs) bane of my existence. And I don't, and I always want to like add more to it and, Mm. and be more. And it's such a reflection of just that it doesn't resonate. It doesn't feel like worthy of who I have known myself to become. And what I really, it doesn't feel like the way to, like I mentioned before, share my greatest gifts. And Mm. I'm still discovering that. And I think the beauty is being able to say, I don't know. Mm. I really don't. But I trust that, and it feels much closer at Mm. the moment. And I I finished um, a four-year contract with Just Jeans only a couple of months ago. And in that interim, I was studying to become an integrative nutrition health coach, which was great. I graduated. So having that steady sort of income alongside being able to study and also just over the years being able to do yoga teacher trainings and keep fueling. It's been like the abundance to fuel Mm. doing this deeper work of what I'm really passionate about and what I really love. But I ripped the rug out from underneath myself because I had these contracts and I was and and studying and just feeling like, yeah, I'm going to step into this next stage and phase of my life and pull out this abundance rug that's kept me going all this time. Uh, And, you know, I finished my last contract, like I said, a couple of months ago for Just Jeans. Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever, you know, I've always talked the talk, but I really have had to walk the walk with going, okay, like I don't have that solid like sure there's still other things coming in but that's solid income that's kept me going the whole time mm. and now I really have to practice and it's always been an excuse to not really step and take the steps on doing what really I want to do even mm. just sitting at my desk every day and going okay like and writing like I just think okay if I just write like different little blog posts almost so to speak or you know creating space in my life for that divine intelligence so to speak or what we speak of to really come through me because I've hidden behind being so so busy my whole life which is a true but I've allowed that to happen you know and mm. so right now that's my reality and it feels I feel so fucking alive in it <laughs> but I also was in a relationship as this all was happening and I really got present to, oh my God, like I don't feel like I'm enough. Like all these mm. things that I thought mm. in my spirituality and what we're talking about of like, you know, I none of these things identify me, but really to feel that and have it reflected back in like in a relationship and go, well, God, what do I have to bring to the table? Like, mm. yeah, sure, my light, my energy, my beingness, like I can cook you a mean feast. Like, but what do I really, what can I really bring? Like, I don't feel like I'm enough, right? Mm. And um, I kind of went into, and, and that relationship ended because as we know, coming to anything, not knowing our fullness, which I've always known through the Veda teachers and everything, teachings you know I just had lost that connection to truly knowing that I'm whole with or without anything right and and not having anything to really say like when someone says what are you doing right now like I could spiel off a few things but like what am I really doing I don't know and and, and you know what being fucking okay with that and owning that and being in transition and and like this whole turning 30 and like not being with anybody and not having a real job to identify me like like I said it's it's profoundly fucking amazing. And speaking of God, like I've never felt so connected yet on the edge of that is so much fear. And I'm really <laughs> having to like walk the walk, you wow. know, and it's beautiful. And this house, like, as you can probably see, like mm. I've put around little signs like that I spoke about before, but I, 
I have this vision of it as a womb. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy and it's going back to the whole mother and child thing, but it really has been, I've allowed myself the time, like I've gone really introspective. I've said no to friends. Like I just don't feel like being out in the world and really allowing myself to be in the space between. It's like, you know, I'm not even inhaling, I'm not exhaling. I'm like that space between and relishing in the feeling of not knowing and in transition and it's fucking beautiful. It's so beautiful. That's powerful. And it feels so I can feel like I say where I trust and I know something's coming through me. I can feel whatever whatever's going to come next is is going to be amazing. Man. Yeah. That's the most difficult thing to do to be okay of where you're at particularly in transition because mm-hmm. there's so much so much scariness so much unknown so much no area to claim any kind of comfort or identity exactly that's so difficult it's everything that we're talking about but actu- actualizing that in man well done <laughs> <laughs> thank you that's, that's fucking hard it's, no really, thank you that's really tricky work because it's like it's a dance as well because you you come out and you, there'll be those moments where you're like no 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 I want to cling oh totally want to grab for something and often I've done it with like men like mm. just let me grab for the next like you know person mm. or comfort or I, something I can identify with study mm. like I've just there's always been something <laughs> but just to be left in nothing <laughs> is so, so oh, right. yeah, study. <laughs> like it's a real geeky attachment to have <laughs> what to, to like cling to study in Oh, yeah, but like spiritual studies, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like because I feel comfort in it, yeah. you know. But I, I'm really, yeah, about not clinging to anything at the moment. It feels, yeah, it's everything we're speaking about and it's mm. just, it's mm. pretty delicious. Being a model is absolute relevance for what you Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't know if we finished that point before, yeah. but how Jeff uh, was talking about being relatable. Mm. And I think... Um, and it's all back to like who we're being and what we're bringing to what we do. Yes. Like it's not about what we do. It's yes. like what we're bringing to it. And I really have endeavored to do that in my modeling. And I still, you know, I all about, I've just had this recent awakening, which I actually don't know much about. And I'm like in this self-discovery stage of sustainability and not actually realizing that the fashion industry is so damaging on our planet and kind of like shocked that I never had really thought about it because my modeling journey had sent sent me on this internal journey and really discovering who I am what I'm about but as I'm stepping out into this space that I'm talking about of like okay like what's next I started to grab for I'm going to create a yoga line put my fashion for spirituality uh, passion for fashion and spirituality Mm. together and realized so quickly because I just went to go the fast fashion route that oh my goodness like I had no idea that this is pretty much what everyone's doing and and Mm. really starting to see how bad it is and what impact it has um I forgot where I was gonna go with that that's interesting Kelly Slater's got a real sustainable fashion line yeah his board shorts and stuff it's awesome so it's doable but it's expensive right yeah, it is more expensive, but I think it's about just discovering and, and realizing that it's not about buying cheap stuff. It's about buying stuff that lasts and that you'll have forever and that also doesn't have the impact. You know, it's recyclable. Like the plastic's going to get, you know, not just end up in landfills. And mm-hmm. the point being with the sustainability route is that I'm still, I'm not putting down modeling, but just as I'm realizing more and evolving for myself that I, I would love to start working with brands that are doing sustainable eco cool. lines. And I would love to do more things with my voice and actually being a little bit more interactive. Like I love my ambassador role for Swiss because I get to really talk about health and happiness and wellness and be a little bit more 
you know, than mm. just a photograph. And um, oh. Oh. I think it might be our pool cleaner or the gardener. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Do you need to let him in or they'll be right? No, he'll be right. Cool. So yeah, so it's kind of like that's that. I mean, that's similar with my work. Is like mm. like how can you find the it within your craft, mm. bringing a little bit of extra light to it, or you know, absolutely. And and as I said, I think things are just happening. I just booked an incredible travel show on Channel Nine. Oh, fun! Yeah, and doing all the American segments, hosting, and I've never had that. I've never been in that role before, actually hosting a gig, mm. but. I'm excited about it and things are just manifesting in a different way as I'm realizing more of who I want to be and what I want to bring. So Man, it's, it's so, a beautiful dance. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And there's so much to be said for just trusting it, you know, mm. like sitting and trusting it and putting the energy out there of what you want and then it just t- takes time to germinate and seeds will grow and mm-hmm. no doubt you're going to like just fly in this new direction <laughs> because like you, you've got that absolute trust and mm-hmm. knowing that it will work out the way you want it to inside absolutely you know and we're like way more powerful than we often think we are that's one of my biggest realizations like holy fuck i'm like when, when certain things just started like when you start getting in a line and then holy shit 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 fuck 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 it's like all, all these, there it just all bubbles up <laughs> yep. and then aligns and but it really takes an absolute surrender absolutely. to get into that position yeah and that's why those beautiful things in life mm-hmm. that's that's when they come about when you let go, and I love this analogy, I can't remember where I heard it or someone said it to me, mm. but letting go of one trapeze and not knowing, oh, not cool. grabbing the next one yet, right? Yeah, but fuck. being in midair and being okay with that. And I think there's so much beauty in that. It's like taking yeah. the leap, you know? And I've got a newfound respect or just even understanding of entrepreneurs mm. because, like, starting your own business and all that there is to that, there's so much, like, when we talk about airtime, yeah, there's so much airtime space between having to trust. Mm. But when you were talking about, was it Andy or Hamish? Hamish having those qualities of just a human, like Andy I, does too. But Hamish, <laughs> had, we had a conversation. <laughs> well, he was the one in India and made yeah, you yeah, first yeah. realize, which is such a beautiful story. But it's, I think that without even knowing it, some of these, even the tech entrepreneurs who I've like made friends with recently they're on their path in a way that maybe they're not aware of, but the fact that they're so fearless mm. and consistent and just show up for what they believe daily, even mm. though if that's like an eight-year plan of actually even making that bloody video game get sold, oh, like their consistency, I have such an appreciation and it's just a different form of their own trust in themselves or trust in what mm. God is to them or their belief and like being true to themselves. Mm. And I just, I, I think that, there's so much to be said of like really going for what you want in life. And being consistent. Like I don't know if you've realized, <sighs> but I found that my weakness is... Um, <laughs> it's so funny you're saying this because God, it's mine. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Lack of consistency. Yeah. yeah. But I mean the realization uh, is like the Shakti Shiva. 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 Shakti Shiva. Shakti. The masculine feminine energy yes. in all of us. Yes. Like I've got this abundance of feminine infinite potentiality and yeah. I swear down the feeling of imagining an idea is 80% of the satisfaction I feel when I actually manifest it. So, like, I just sit in this world of, like, infinite potential, Mm. this idea, this idea, this idea, put it all on paper, don't materialize a lot of them Mm -hmm. because they just come through so fast. Yes, I get that. And I don't know what one to go with. And also, I'm feeling so great just thinking about them because I'm like, (laughs) this this social media app that, like, supports people, you know, in a way that 
makes our species progressively move forward or uplifts them and like these kind of conversations if everyone like how amazing our world could be if we all operated from a level of unconditional infinite potential wisdom mm. like just real deep-seated mm-hmm. connectivity of what we are mm-hmm. we could like everyone would be like Elon Musk doing amazing <laughs> yeah. shit yes. that's like sustainable and progressive and sexy and fun mm-hmm. and playful mm-hmm. and it would just be would be like aliens <laughs> that's, that's why I swear down we're like half alien half chimp yeah. Because we've got oh this. Oh my goodness! Where has he gone? <laughs> I've lost him. Uh, <laughs> I've lost you, Shakti Shiva. Come back. <laughs> yeah, I went, I went down Infinite real fast. Potentiality. I love the accent. <laughs> well, I mean, I finished that little trade. It's not. It's not that crazy to yeah. think that we're like we love our earth. We're of the earth. We're like chimpanzees. We're of nature. But then we're also like behaving like we're aliens mm-hmm. in this nature. But then weirdly paradoxical that alien like is the most intelligent part of that analogy and where more the higher vibration is of that. So, that so your train of thought there, though, was that you're not consistent with those ideas or yeah. bringing them into manifest. You let them all come through, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally relate to that. And it's funny because I'm having to... Don't want to talk about the chimp alien situation? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, okay, sorry. I totally cut it off. Maybe no, I wasn't. Maybe, no, okay, no, no let, me, let me hear you. No, no. That's one of your no, things. I let me understand did. you. I, no, no, you come did. on. No, no, no. I was, I was just being stupid. I know. No, I love it. <laughs> take, it back to it. The, take it back to what we're actually talking about. <laughs> no, do you want me to understand no. the monkey? <laughs> I mean, God, we've brought up the monkey a few times. Monkey on the shoulder, yeah, buddy no. monkey. No, no, go, go, down, go down the path. I was just being stupid. No, I love it. and But I, it is something. I'm doing a, a course through the landmark that I was talking about before called the SELP, Self-Expression Leadership Program. And mm. as part of it, we have to interview people in our lives and ask them certain questions about, you know, to really know how we're viewed not just how we perceive, how we think we might be perceived, but actually how we really are seen and the listening, people's listening of us. And they've been really powerful. And it's asking people like, what's my strengths and, and what are my weaknesses? What could I improve on? Have I ever surprised you? And it's, it's been really profound what's come out of them, but something that was quite consistent with people recognizing my weaknesses or something that I could work on is really following through. And I think mm. it's because I've been in this space between. How good's that cake? So yummy. Yeah. It's all paleo. It's, it's so I'm, yummy. I'm to thing you said. I know. Talk about not being listened to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, I think it really is this space that I've been in with in my ro- womb in the house, like not birthed yet, and just being in this bubble of like, you know, all of these brilliant ideas come to me. Like you say, it's like Shakti, it's like the divine the feminine. Genius. It's like I've got so many. <laughs> and so if someone sees me, I'm like, oh my God, I've got this brilliant idea. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's so exciting. And then the next time and they see me, I'm like, oh, I've got this great idea. <laughs> I've got this. I'm going to do this. Or maybe I'll do this. And I'm just like playing, trying on different mm. hats so to speak to mm. see what kind of feels right mm. and fits but it's humbling and it's it's so you know challenging because of a lot of the feedback that I've got recently is like well you're just not following through with anything like what is that you know but I, I think that it's okay also not to do that because when we know and things like you said start to actually line up and it's flowing and it's working and it's effortless then that's when we know we're in the right direction but yeah. I think it's beautiful to let those things come through and yeah, just to be in that space. I think when you're connected to creation, like creative ideas are flowing through at abundance and we can't make them all manifest. But mm. yeah, I, I look forward to letting one really sink in and that I will follow through on, you know. And what do you think it is 
like do you reckon it's the shiver or the masculine energy that we need a bit more of like that structure that boundary that consistency the deadlines the a spreadsheet of critical deadlines in order to materialize a particular thing yes like with media this media brand soma that i'm trying to play with at the moment it's like i needed to hit them in order to actually start popping them out into yes. manifestation but there's something i don't like and you might be able to identify this about having one narrow field yes. of, of direction i like being open to all opportunities yeah, and all that? possibilities it's so I so relate to you mm. and I do believe it's it's a balance and mm. one that we're constantly adapting to and finding because it's I think there's another great analogy about if we were to paint a beautiful painting that we have to give it borders yes we're going to put up the canvas right and then there's like we could infinitely create this incredible thing however we want to and there's so much freedom within it yeah. but it needs to have some sort of structure yes. like and to give ourselves the structure to be able to play in so yeah it's it's such a balance and a fine tunement daily of of how that looks and what it shows up like like I still have to write to-do lists and give myself yeah deadlines and be integral with people in my life and actually show up for things like it's it's so important because otherwise it all just falls apart and like you said it's impossible to build a build a, a business or anything that you actually you know you still need to use those different tools or the masculine energy from your tool belt to be able to yeah really manifest i think it's a dance between the divine energy and our human ability mm. it's both mm. you know it's mm. it's the Using all aspects of ourselves to... Damn, being limited to this particular dimension. <laughs> no, oh, well, that's the thing, but it's playing. It's knowing our infinite self in our finite. Yes. In finite. Yes. Knowing that we are infinite, yes. but playing in the finite world. Yes. That's, man, that's lovely, that is. How cool is that? It's so cool. And we that, get to do it and know that at the end of the day, it doesn't all have that much meaning. We're just having fucking fun, right? It's just a playtime, isn't <laughs> it? It is. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's just a play. It's an experience, this old life. Mm-hmm. So funny how so often we, myself included, but a lot of people, so rigidly attached to a particular framework of what it is. But look at the wonder in it all. Oh. There's so much dimension, color, and like we get to experience so much richness. Like anyone that just drops acid or like a, a significant amount of mushrooms or DMT or ayahuasca or any of these beautiful substances. Daddy's getting excited. <laughs> Look at him go. Your face lights up. <laughs> I've only done each one like once or twice. Yeah, beautiful. But they just take you to another dimension mm-hmm. of what's real. And it's you, you can balance between the science of the drug releases in your mind. and mm. But it's all one of the same. It's like... Consciousness came preceded matter. I think a lot of like Einstein and Tesla all agreed mm-hmm. that. So therefore, I always feel like. What did you say then uh, that Einstein con- said? Consciousness Conscious- precedes matter. Explain like, that a little bit. Like so, um, philosophers and stuff talk about like, or a particular science way of thinking is like the matters first, and then it became endowed with consciousness, mm. rather than there is a field of unbound now quantum physics proves that like consciousness proceeds because it's unified feel like in Taoism or Buddhism it's the nothingness and mm-hmm. Vedism it's the everythingness it's that unified field mm-hmm. which you know well and truly about but like <laughs> um, it's from there things bubble up and manifest it doesn't yes. go the other way it's actually impossible for the material layer to go down and affect the subconscious deeper layers of gotcha. 
and you really get a direct experience of that if you're tripping on meditation or drugs mm-hmm. good drugs yeah <laughs> yeah well because even like babies dmt is like flooded in their body for the first three months right well apparently that that's the dmt experience it's like the feeling that or the, the experience of being born and dying all at once like touching that thing that never does like it's a is born or dies like it's mm. like yeah it's the ultimate unconditional everything love uh. experience what, can you tell me about some of your experiences with any, any of those? I actually, my DMT, I only actually tried once and I didn't have the best experience with it. Right. Um, and I I got a really clear message that you don't need this. Right. Um, I got that the second time I did it. Interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think there, it felt really synthetic to me. Like I've done ayahuasca many times. Oh, really? And, and I love mushrooms um, and microdosing mushrooms is, you know, a beautiful practice. But when I had DMT, I don't know, I smoked it and it felt really, all of a sudden it reminded me of like cocaine or something really synthetic and I had a, a straightaway reaction that it didn't feel of nature. Mm. Um, and I purged and it's like my body really didn't want that experience and so you don't need this. Um, but I still had, as always, could reap the lessons from that. And what am I really reaching for? And why do I feel like I, I want to have that experience when, you know, there's a lot of people talk about it in, in spirituality or in our meditation practices, like why use the drugs to get there? Because it's not sustainable. Like we can really, we can reach those states with just our natural ways mm. of, and of being them, and then we can them. actually integrate them and maintain them and I think sometimes when we like shoot through the fucking stars and it's like yeah okay I've seen it I've experienced it but it can be such a shock mm. on so many levels and it can also like you know it gets us trying to reach something that is actually like it pulls us out of our practice if we're constantly reaching something that feels like well we've been there but we're not there now mm. like the whole point is that we are here now and and it is it this is it and we can feel it in the subtleties but of course i i love um those heightened <laughs> experiences no i do and it is it's just because it really gives you that experience like mushrooms for example the oneness experience and mm. and a, an expanded consciousness where it's you really see the interplay of all things and that we are all connected. Mm. And I think, you know, once in saying what I just said, there's also the beauty of once your mind has gone there, it can't not have gone there. Like it's been there, right? So you've had that experience to always refer back to of knowing like, no, this shit's, this is real. Mm. I mean, I know that we're all one and you can come back Mm. to that feeling. Mm. It's just the same as even knowing the experience that you've had in a beautiful place or with a person. You can always refer back, come back to that place in your consciousness and then you are actually experiencing it Mm. here in the now, Mm. right? So, but I, I love things that are not too extreme extreme and I think DMT for me was just really extreme but like micro micro dosing mushrooms and just sort of like you know already working with the subtle layers that Mm. are already happening here and just heightened and those kind of things for me I love so so when were you first drawn to ayahuasca and what what was that experience like I was in I I real firm believer that it will find you Mm. When you're ready. Creeps into your bed at night. <laughs> when you're ready for it, it will find you. Yeah. Because like, and it, it's, it's crept into my consciousness. Like I'd heard about it and I thought, oh yeah, maybe one day. Like, you know, I just heard a little bit about it. But I was on a, um, 
a holiday in Ibiza, which, you know, often we think it's like the party planet, but it's actually got a beautiful spiritual untouched from the 70s, like hippie side to it. It's amazing. And we met an amazing shaman um carlos and he was like an old wizard with long you can just say you went to the club and you saw a dj (laughs) (laughs) babe this is a real beautiful story (laughs) anyway he it it just came about in a very beautiful flow state and it just felt like it was chosen for me and it was my time to experience that and that was my first journey and it was in a teepee up on a mountain in in ibiza and under the stars and super powerful and I think I've done four four ayahuasca ceremonies and each one has been profound profound lessons that have stayed with me and that I've been able to integrate in my life and that's the beauty like that's where I'm like oh my goodness it's it's so worthy of doing mm-hmm. because it's something that is affecting my eyes open reality my state here you know it's it's really doing the work and it's not easy it's have you done it you haven't yet. Oh my goodness, I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm a great person. <laughs> I want to go to Rhythmia and do it in Costa Rica really badly. Do you Rhythmia? Rhythmia. It's like Rhythmia. The, yeah, it's the first um, uh, medically approved ayahuasca place. So they've got doctors and everything. It's like quite five star. Wow, that's but, cool. That's but, really cool. But you go on. So, <laughs> so I'll just speak about my first experience, mm. um, which was actually. It's so beautiful because it's exactly what we've been talking about today. And it's about dying to all the different things that I identified with. And it took me through going through seeing things from my childhood that I was really unaware of. Like literally my mum picking up my sister before me and things like that. And it was my first experience of like jealousy of pain or like, you know, and I, I had that vision in the ceremony and you feel like you you feel completely sick and like you, Mm. it's dark and you, you literally have that feeling that you had at that time. And it was like, Oh, you know, and that seems like just a little sort of, you know, but for a little girl that first experienced that, I really went back to feeling what that felt like. So you visit that pain point. Exactly. Impression point. Yeah. And not every ceremony has been like that, but this was the experience of this first one. And it was, yeah, I went into that pain and I knew that I had to let go of it after a certain amount of time of being in it. And I was like, okay, I've got to like let go of that. And knowing that that didn't mean that I was unloved or that my sister was better or all of these things. And I, I, it was like, they say it's like 10 years of psychotherapy because it took me back that far and things that I never would have been able to see. But I was able to let go of that experience. And I think I purged and, you know, it's like so animalistic, but you're letting go of it on so many levels. And every time well, I had this experience and then a little bit more bliss would come into my system. Wow. Is that dog going to matter? No, I don't care. It doesn't like matter. It. Good. It's off <laughs> We're in the backyard. It's all rough. <laughs> and a little bit more, I would experience this little bit more bliss. And then the next wave of something that made me feel terrible in my life that I had attached some sort of meaning or like hardship to and I would experience that pain again and be in it and go, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, then to remember, okay, oh, I understand, I'm remembering what I need to do here and I need to let go of this experience. So cutting the very long story short because it's like eight hours <laughs> a trippy, hard journey, but each experience became harder and more painful 
wow. and more real. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I cannot let go of that thing. But every time I did, I experienced this humongous wave of bliss that I is inimaginable, like unimaginable. Amazing. Like I was un- unable to reach that bliss ever. And it got to the end of the journey. Oh, and by the way, you set an intention before you go in and you share it in the circle in the ceremony. And mine was to experience dying before I die. Wow. And so the end of this journey, I'd gone through so many things of having to let go. And every time I did, I experienced more bliss. And it got to, I was sitting next to my ex, my my boyfriend at the time. And... All, all three of those. <laughs> yeah, all three of those. He played lots of different roles. And I think his boyfriend at the time it was lots of years ago. He, I had to let go of him and really die to our relationship. And like it was like experiencing a death and such a deep attachment at the time of it's like my my love. Like I, you know, and I had to really die to him. Um, and I could do it but I remember weeping and like yelling out it was almost like really like what it would be like if he died Mm. it's hard to explain the experience but it's it gave me that feeling that experience of it Mm. and I finally let go of it and a huge amount of bliss and then the next thing it came in dark and dark as, as like I could ever experience and it was asking me to let go of my body whoa and it was like, holy shit. And it really showed me. What, what did it look like? What did that feeling look like? Or did it, was it a vision or was it just a sense? It's trippy. I think it's, it's mixed of both. It was, it was showing me all that I think that I am. Like Ashley, the body, my thing, like this, da, 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 da. Like, and, and like an outside experience of my whole life. The whole thing was so expanded. But did it have a face, that voice? No, the plant, like Aya for me, it's I almost it's very serpent energy. Like it's very, um, you feel Kundalini. like this Kundalini serpent yeah. energy sort of rising up your spine. And it felt like that, like everything that was blocking it to get to the ultimate transcendence or death before Sick. death type thing. It was like a raising of that. And I felt that and I would see serpent energy. I'd see the snake in the fire in the middle yeah. and things like yeah. that. Um, but so it was asking you to get, let go of your body. It was asking me to let go of my body. And there in that moment, I was so grateful. I really actually got scared that if I did, that I might actually go because <laughs> yeah. it felt so real. And I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's giving me the opportunity to die. And I'm not ready to do that. And I, I just was like, I don't want to let go of it. But I, I'm so grateful that it's given me the experience of what that's truly like. But coming out of that... A, I was so just grateful for the human experience, like that I do have this body mm. and that I can experience all that I experience in it and that I, I really chose almost in that moment like to be embodied. And I remember at the time I was really strict on myself about what I was eating and all of those things and I can remember coming out of it and just being like, give me a fucking pasta like, and a glass of wine and like, I'm going to enjoy this, like how beautiful this life is and really choosing to have that human experience. And the beauty and what I carried out of that whole thing was that every time I let go in my life, anything that's causing me angst is an opportunity to let go. Mm. And every time I let go, I inevitably will experience more bliss. 
And that was the hugest lesson that has carried throughout my life since all of those many years ago. And like, that's the kind of thing that these journeys are just, I mean, it was profound, absolutely profound. And and it's almost like the whole, it showed me that the whole point of life almost is a lesson in letting go of dying to. It's like what we're talking about of these identifications or things that we attach to, the things that we believe that are ours or the things that we think that are is me, mm. all of those things. And it's like the whole experience is, is getting us to the end where we get to give the biggest let go of our body that's taken us through this whole life. And it's just like that's all we're doing here. It's this beautiful yeah. experience of letting go and experiencing more of what we truly are. And then finally being able to let go of the body in peace. Wow. And knowing that on the other end of that is the ultimate bliss. Wow. It's pretty <laughs> profound. That's, that's big. <laughs> that's amazing. It's like your your whole life is this getting ready for, to be able to let go of like your life's destination. If there was one is like death. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that we all have to let go of and the biggest thing we all have to let go of. And knowing that it's not actually the end. Hmm. I think that that's, you know, we still exist every time we let go in life. That we're still True. here. That's, that's the feeling that we keep coming back to. Hmm. We are, I mean, and, if we were talking about like tapping into that infinite source of everythingness that we are just a localized version of, that's not going anywhere. Like Exactly. That wasn't born and it doesn't die. And yeah. that's the consistent. And the more that we can live from that space, we can live a non-attached, blissful life. And that's what probably the Christians talk about is the being the eternal or that, that eternalness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. And so those those particular things, it's like you changed your, really changed your relationship to those pain points and then let them go. It's this huge... Huge purification, isn't oh, it? Oh, massive. And it's getting you on every level because you actually get to see it. Mm. Like you get the vision of it. You feel the experience of it. And you like shed that like shit, literally. <laughs> You're getting Man. rid of it. It's so animalistic. But it's, it's so powerful. And the beauty actually of this conversation is that it really does wrap back into exactly what I'm experiencing in my life at the moment. And even though this ceremony was, you know, seven, ten years ago, could it have been that long ago? Yeah. You know, it's the, the integration of what that lesson was showing me. It's it's maybe taken that long for me to really actually be able to take the bigger steps in my life to know that even if I'm dying to a relationship, like in, in actuality, it to this career, this identification of the spiritual yogi or whatever it is, right? It still exists. It is that I still exist. Uh-huh. And on the other end of it is it's just more and more bliss. You know, wow. it's, it's beautiful. It's like, I love the analogy of like removing th- impressions or pain points or things that take up space inside your being. They're just basically room for like bliss or God to feel or like pure consciousness, exactly. Soma, exactly to, to, to rush through your body mm. and feel like you, holding on to them or let alone operating from them. We're kind of like restricting our bliss experience mm-hmm. or restricting, yeah, it's so funny that we get these like this journey that we get is the whole purpose of it is that this kind of purification no wonder so many lineages like the particular vedic stuff are mm-hmm. talking about this you know like once you transcend all your conditioning then you can kind of operate from that state mm-hmm. anything i don't understand of their worldview on it is how they say that once you've integrated a state of enlightenment i guess mm-hmm. they say that you don't come you know, you just stay in the being world or you stay in the spirit world. You mm. don't you don't come back for reincarnation because it, 
if I had to think about it logically, <laughs> it would be a hell of a lot more useful to bring these enlightened beings back into bodies. To yes, like to wake up the rest. Yeah. But no? they're saying once you've once you've completely come back to the one, that you're not necessarily you've lived out the karma and you don't need to come back again. No point for reincarnation, mm. which I don't. That's why I'm so glad we're so human. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah that's back. right. We'll keep coming I back. Maintain and, that ignorance yeah. of the exactly, Vidya. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know. I, I use Leisha Vidya for way too many things. You meant to just have one. <laughs> oh, that's right. What's yours? One thing that keeps you human. Out of the, oh, out I know. Of the I've, sins, got many, I've got many. I've got many. I mean, I, you know, and it depends because it's such a judgmental thing. Like, who's to say that we shouldn't be doing certain things, right? Mm, mm. I mean, I definitely yeah. sleep with people before I was married, and yeah. like, it depends on what structures of, you know, we're yeah. going by. Yeah. But uh, I would say drinking. Mm. Like, so I don't. Oh, drink you're saying gluttony before, anyway, because it's like so for people that are at oh, home, it's be, like yeah. they're like they're a series of the seven sins, or you know, the, the sins of humanity, or the mistakes of the intellect. And mm. there's particular categories like lust, gluttony, da 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 da. What are they? Do you know them? No, they only no. Do know. <laughs> lust, gluttony. Well, but that's the thing. I mean, yeah, it's all oh, it's that. all in moderation, and I I think you know I. I also think that one of the biggest sin is sin is judgment. And, you know, if someone's Vanity happy one, one and, and you know what it is, a consciously choosing. Mm. If you're consciously choosing, it's not out of reaction, but you're consciously choosing to do something, sleep with that person, take the drug, be greedy about something. Mm. Like if it's, if it's coming from a place of you truly being like, no, I'm going to mm. actually choose that. Like I yeah. come out of that ceremony and be like, I'm going to like have yeah, this and, you know, choose wine. that. And, mm. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. So the other ayahuasca ceremonies were not as particularly profound or were they? No, they were. And they've all been really different and, mm. and really powerful. Um, my last one was last Christmas mm. with my family. And it was <laughs> it was so profoundly beautiful and for me it was working on a a different level it wasn't so out in the cosmos and like realizing this you know dying before I die and all of those things but it taught me some really beautiful lessons just on the relationship between who was in there with me and how I show up in their lives Mm. and I was just called called upon to call space uh, to hold space Sorry. And it really showed me that it's one of my biggest, the biggest gifts that I can do here for people is hold space for their, for their process Mm. and just to simply be, facilitate their movement, facilitate that and and like simply be and listen and and hold them and accept them and love them and let Mm. them be exactly where they are supposed to be. Everything that we were talking about before and Mm. you can totally relate to that. Mm. And I just, wow. I just got to sit in that, but from such a cosmic place. And sorry to be crass, if it is, but it was. I was sitting in like the big O. I was in a constant, like almost an orgasm that I, you couldn't handle within your own body. It was like, 
<laughs> like just like this, like the whole, and I was just holding the space, holding the space, holding the space. And it felt like I was going to like take off for like hours. And wow. it was just being like, you can do this in, you can hold this energy, know all that you are mm. and be with that. You have the container to hold it and now hold it and allow it just to be there for other people. And it was like, yeah, just holding the everything that we are within my system and like just being that presence and that's magical it's so magical what preceded that particular moment what do you mean it's so hard like to how debrief did, it. was there a sorry was there a specific letting go of or something or other where you, where you where you dropped into that space of realizing that you're a container to hold this electric space yeah i went in with the you know wanting to have my own experience get my own lessons and and I was in there going through all this weird trippy stuff and it it showed me doors of like certain parts of my life that I could go down if I wanted to like do you really want to dig more deep into like you know this aspect or that and I kind of just was like I kind of chose like you know what I've like I've kind of done I don't need to go into any of that like you know how can I actually be of service I think I've done enough of looking at all of those different aspects of myself and you know and and it just was this real call uh to to be there now for others and I got that lesson it's like I don't need to keep trying to do all this other work on myself it's like now like show the fuck up for everyone else wow yeah it's what when (laughs) as you're talking it's like you're walking down the corridor it's like a light corridor and you're like do I need to explore this door this door Mm. and like there's somewhat of can be distractions if you keep going back down them unnecessarily Mm. But they're also important to explore different parts of your inner world and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But then you just like chose to go straight Mm -hmm. and then you just arrived at your purpose, Mm. I guess, or something and just Mm. like stepped into like what you are in this lifetime or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you say, or whatever, but you know. No, no, no. And (laughs) and I really get that. And that's a beautiful way to reflect it back to me. And I'm getting it on a a level now, even. It's it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool, man. (laughs) It really is. Shit. So from there, you kind of like establish somewhat of a sense of absolute purpose with with who you are Mm. in this waking state. Mm. Is, Is that being your most recent one, the kind of the biggest thing that you've taken on and uh, integrating right now? Absolutely. And I think that like we're talking about with any sort of drug taking, it's then actually bringing that into this Kamakan. Superficial layer. layer. Material layer. How how can I materialize that? (laughs) That's a cool image. Right? But it's like, how can I actually, oh, okay, so what does that look like? Mm. How can I be that space holder? How can I know all that I am and just show up and be here and facilitate that? And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm so committed to it. Hmm. And it is about allowing it to come through and creating the space. I think there's such an importance of, you know, being in the suspense of the unknown and mm. allowing what needs to come through to come through mm. and, and letting it happen on this level. Cause I've even thought, Oh, maybe I want to go to another, like, again, it's that like grabbing, like, you know, just to like fill the space or to do mm. something. But I, I know that it's, it's not doing another, it's not about doing another ceremony or another experience. It's just really now about letting it come through and it manifest into such a, just a really material mundane, like relatable everything like how can that come through in its most pure but just human and yeah relatable form man it's like finding a particular vehicle because i can relate massively Mm. to everything you said then Mm -hmm. and that like finding that out output which Mm -hmm. you can just 
show up for, commit to. It's, it's commitment. Like it's like this. Once you arrive at like what, what you think the vehicle looks like, there's a lot of just showing up and doing it, right? Yeah. And not deviating or changing your mind or or going yes. back, but back down that path and looking down that door. It yes. could be down there, like yes. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Which is such a beautiful reminder because it loops back into what I was talking about with weakness and use also relating to that. Mm. And it is about, and such a beautiful reminder to say to me right now is that it is about actually having that follow through Mm. and and actually like even know it feels really mundane. Mm. (laughs) Sometimes it can, Mm. but trusting that it, it needs to manifest on this level and the experience of doing that sometimes can feel the opposite to transcendent and godly and you know but it's i think it's it's the way of bringing it into a tangible vehicle mm, for mm. it to be able to play out definitely mm. it's a really big big one particularly if you don't have a an actual vehicle yet and that's probably what you're exploring right and now it's, it's interesting though because i think the beauty of what you're doing I always have shied away from speaking using my voice and out of just feeling like I don't know enough, I'm not enough, all those old conditioned thinking, like embarrassed, like being seen, imperfect, Hmm. rah, rah, rah. And just recently, and I think it's a big contributor to the self-expression leadership program because it's all about being self-expressed and being able to get up and speak and, and use my and use our voice because it's important to be able to sort of, you know, that our voice is manifest of divine. It's like in the beginning was the word, right? And that is what is manifesting. Mm. And I think there's something so beautiful in this is a vehicle. Mm, mm. And I, yeah, I really love what you do. Mm-hmm. And I could see myself doing just even in the process of discovering because I feel like that's all I'm ever doing. Because mm-hmm. even if I think that it's okay, it's like now got to a material thing that can be used, like that's even an illusion because it's just a constant process anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's never actually an end spot. Mm-hmm. So I think the beauty of sharing the journey and the process in, in the process is just in itself wonderful. Mm-hmm. You do a really good job of talking about saying lots of ums and ahs. <laughs> just kind of I do say lots of ums no, and ahs. Oh, I, I think do. I do, but oh, I, I so appreciate you and, saying uh, that. You're really concise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank and you, you pause. You pause instead of, like, I'm trying to teach myself because I listen back to the odd one. No, and I'm like, I God, listen I back. <laughs> I just did something the other day and I cannot look at it. I'm like, um, uh, um, 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 like, 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 um, Oh, like. Anyway, you do a real good job because I, I I get scatterbrained sometimes and go blah, 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 and yeah, give no, lots of arms. We all do. But um. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Shit, yeah. man. But, That's so good. But you do a good job of that. Mm. Pausing instead of junky words. Yes. And you speak from experience, which I think is the most important thing of all this stuff. Is like it becomes preachy as soon as we talk about ideas and concepts, but as soon as we talk about experience, mm-hmm. it's undeniable. And draws people in, you know, mm-hmm. like you, there's undeniable in the sense that people won't create resistance to it because you can't argue with my experience, you know, like w- w- what I've experienced in terms of this, for example, yes. that connection to unity that like w- when I was in meditation on my 30th birthday, it was this ask, mm. this question to God. I was like, show me you in your purest, objective, 
unconditioned experience. And it came from me just like after partying hard in Rio Carnival for like a week. And then whatever that was, it just needed Mm -hmm. to happen. And then weirdly, like four days before, it happened on my 30th. So I was like, I just wanted to go to nature to just be with God and just experience it however it wants to show itself through me without the conditioning of what I think it is. And so, like, four days before, I got this crazy food poisoning and it was, like, purging on the bathroom floor, sick wow. all night. And, that, and I, I only realized this three it's years later now. or two years yeah. later that I was That's purging. what's happening. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. having an awakening. I needed that. To get rid of those yep. stuff that gets in the way. Like with ayahuasca as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then on my 30th, it was, like, same meditation. I was doing this Buddhist one back there. And at the end of it, when I give all my thoughts up to the infinite, to, mm-hmm. to, to the universe and give them away, at that exact point, and this Bonaverse song was playing in the background, oh. it was just like this, it stuck with me so much. But it only lasts probably about two minutes, but this uh, spontaneous, I was in the lotus position, and this spontaneous wave of tingling just went up and down my anatomy like a woo, woo. Ooh, oh my goodness! Like just from really accurately I, I, I get from head to it. toe, yes, yes, out of nowhere, yeah, like, and, and I, just pure bliss, right? Like pure tingle, bliss. pure white, wow. white <gasps> body, mind's eye. My whole body was absolute white, and then glowing of a blue tinge around the edge, and just this undeniable knowing of I am everything, mm. and this connectivity to I am absolutely everything. Mm. And that's that's what it was. That's but, your experience, yeah, though, and, it and just so, undeniable. I mean, no, it's beautiful, it's like, and I'm so connected to yeah. what you're saying as you're saying it. I'm feeling it. It's yeah. so beautiful. It was undeniable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like that was an experience that I had that I don't need anyone to validate because it was just it was what it was. Absolutely. And after it, it didn't actually change anything particular in my mm-hmm. life. It was just it was like basically you asked for it. It was delivered. That's mm-hmm. what you are. Do. With it, what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then, like you said before, it's hard to go back to the ignoring of those experiences after going to life and just ignore it. We do. We go for transition. It's like a graph mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. continual expansion. Mm-hmm. But and it's funny because I often think that we don't ignore it, but we forget. We forget and it. And that's the beauty of like yeah. forgetting and remembering. And it's yeah. like when we come back to remembering, it's like, oh, my God, where did I go? Like... You know, but there's I, there's so much beauty in that, and and now when I forget and go off, the coming back is such a fulfilling, beautiful feeling that it's it's <laughs> worth forgetting. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks, thanks. That's right. Remember, I remember. It's so interesting because if we want to talk about concepts, the concept of ignorance is like the most important function in nature for this reason that it's it allows us to, you know, if evolution's the greatest desire. Of, of nature. Of nature. Mm-hmm. Ignorance was created, or at least in our Vedic worldview, mm-hmm. we think of this, and it makes a good sense in my mind because it's quite mechanical and scientific, but also very spiritual. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very scientific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's. Ignorance. Yeah, the ignorance, the, the function of ignorance allows us to have the experience of the process of coming back. Which, So I just wanted to try to marry that with the forgetting thing and talk about the difference there between mm. forgetting and ignoring. Mm. Because the mechanic in nature for us to forget allows things to evolve, I guess, because we come apart, we split, we bifurcate, create something new, then come back to source. Like it's this kind of weaving and woven 
so it's it's an important function of mm-hmm. nature but uh, obviously our western world is rife with like ignorance at the moment mm. obviously the supreme intelligence of everything is bothered because it's it's exactly what's <laughs> it's meant untouched. to be happening yes yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it, this shit doesn't happen by accident no you know like yeah all this damage we're doing is mm-hmm. a, creating awakening so we're ignoring like if you looked at the collective field of consciousness of humanity mm. we're ignoring and we're going down this path of ignoring it but it's causing all this awakening to come back to mm. unity and truth mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. wisdom mm-hmm. and so a western world's going for a massive awakening and mm-hmm. it clearly needs to go that far down the ignorance path forgetful forgetful or mm. the exploring of the darkness mm. in order to come back to the light I know I did you know I mm. wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't have like oh, thought I, about dying and killed absolutely. myself, like, I wouldn't have. And that's the beauty. I think that every most people that are on a deeply spiritual path have really experienced the opposite of that. Mm. They've touched upon the darkness. See, that's interesting. So you think it's a, a necessary, like, I mean, there's always variations, but mm. Eckhart Tolle, for example, he was like, his awakening definitely exactly. was preceded by suffering. Yes. But not, some people are just born into these bodies. It varies, obviously, doesn't it? Yeah, it's funny. I guess because I relate to the suffering and so I've often, you know, the first question or if someone ever tells me that they're deeply suffering, I'm like, oh, fucking great. This is such a good opportunity. I get excited. <laughs> if someone's like, dude, I'm trying to kill myself, I'm like, come on over. Let's, <laughs> let's awaken because it's such an opportunity to get that direct experience of that you really are not it i think the extreme of darkness you can actually like it doesn't take much to really get the separation it's such a beautiful opportunity because you're just like you know what i surrender like Mm. i've got nothing more i'm on the edge of i'll just die so i'll i'm open to completely surrendered right Mm. and you're on your knees and i think that that's Mm. when god can truly enter Mm. but i have also heard about you know people that just have their awakening without suffering so i only i only relate to the suffering bit because that was my journey and i've, I've also had that experience with so many close friends and and experienced mm. their awakening so awakening mm. through suffering as well so mm, mm. but i really liked your point and i would love to go back to it because i i don't know the difference between true yeah. ignorance and forgetfulness forgetfulness yeah and it's funny because well ignorance is about you're choosing to ignore yeah, choosing although, to ignore something. Although I don't feel like, like say what Donald Trump's actions, I don't know if he's willfully choosing to ignore wisdom. I, I feel like he's so shrouded in the shadow self that I don't think it's choice. It's, he's just a materialization of pure ignorance. Mm. And it only becomes a choice when I'm going to willfully engage in drinking right now consciously. Yes. I know I'm going to ignore yes. so that I can have a shared experience. Yes. That little subtle, conscious, aware action yes and that's not forgetting because you're awake within your experience yes yeah so you can choose ignorance i think ignorance i guess maybe the difference is that you can choose ignorance but forgetfulness is not a choice yeah that's a good way to put it and forgetfulness is ignorance isn't it like when you forget you're you're also because ultimately (laughs) like when we're in ignorance we've just forgotten our true nature yeah so it is. It's a, it's a part of us. Like for specifics to help examples, I think it's like, for example, when looking for things outside of ourselves to make ourselves feel validated yes. or worth something. Yes. Where, i.e., you know, whatever that may be, getting drunk and having a shared, you know, just buying a twelve 
$100 jacket. Yeah. 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 Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no. um, those things are... I don't know where I was going with that. No. So, yeah. We, I don't know if we've still got the crux of it. Maybe we'll have to <laughs> call. Call. Can I use my call? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Call in Jeff. But, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Call in Jeff. Anyway, but the all, difference. Yeah. We'll, we'll loop that back in. Yeah. Maybe we'll have another catch up and, yeah, and then yeah. do a whole chat it's on all, it. It's all. It's all. It's yeah. all. It's just helpful talking about it because someone's listening is probably going to figure it out. And if you do, let us know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're just like exploring fields of thought. <laughs> And don't forget it and, yeah. and don't choose to ignore it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loop us back in. <laughs> well, thank you. I don't know where else we can go. I feel like that's wrapping up nicely. Mm. Um, and if there's anything else you want to talk about or anything you want to express no, about your work. Or, beautiful. Hmm. Really, really beautiful. I could go down different paths and talk about no, everything in depth. But <laughs> no, no. I feel like that was really beautiful yeah. for today and yeah. I so appreciate you. Cool. It's really meaningful uh, to have conversations like this for me and be able to share them. So really thank you for mm. inviting me into your space. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for being so open and vulnerable and explaining yourself so willingly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Thanks, darling. <laughs>